welcome back to page 483 of the wise man's page the daily podcast where we talk about patrick rothless's the wise man's fear every day one page at a time sometimes we don't do the opening right the servant girl set a tall wine glass in front of me and handed me my tumble two bits merciful tellu with prices like that no wonder this place was nearly empty I tossed back the whiskey in a single swallow, fighting the urge to cough as it burned down my throat. Then I drew a full silver round out of my purse, set the heavy coin on the table, and put the empty tumble down over the top of it. I motioned the servant girl close again. I have a proposal for you, I said quietly. Right now, I want nothing more than to sit here quietly, drink my wine, and think my thoughts. I tapped the overturned tumble with the coin underneath. If I'm allowed to do this without interruption... All of this, less the cost of my drinks, is yours. Her eyes went a little wide at that, darting down to the coin again. But if anyone comes over to bother me, even in a helpful way, even to ask if I would like anything to drink, I will simply pay and leave. I looked up at her. Can you help me get a little privacy tonight? She nodded eagerly. Thank you, I said. She hurried away and went immediately to another woman standing behind the bar, making a few gestures in my direction. I relaxed a bit, reasonably certain they wouldn't be drawing any attention to me. I sipped my wine and listened. Does your father do? Denna asked. I recognized the pitch of her voice. It was the same low, gentle tone my father had used when talking to skittish animals. A tone designed to calm someone and set them at their ease. The girl murmured, and Denna responded. That's a fine job. What are you doing here, then? Another murmur. Got handsy, did he? Denna said matter-of-factly. Well, that's the nature of eldest sons. The girl spoke up again, this time with some fire in her voice, though I still couldn't make out any of the words. I buffed the surface of my wine glass a little with the edge of my cloak, then tipped it out and away from me a bit. The wine was so deep a red that it was almost black. It made the side of the glass act like a mirror. Not a wonderful mirror, but I could see tiny shapes at the table around the corner. I heard Denna sigh, cutting off the low murmur of the girl's voice. Let me guess, Denna said, sounding exasperated. You stole the silver or something similar, then ran off to the city. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. It's almost goofy the extent that Quoth is going to to to, to do spy, to yeah, spy on Denna. That's kind of what I was getting at on the previous page, but there's like way more <laughs> of it to like to talk about on this one so first of all he's putting on a voice uh and then he basically bribes the servant girl to like don't anybody come over here and i'll give you you know this this whole silver bit if you just make sure that i'm not disturbed uh and then he uses like the wine glass as a mirror and like to the first part about so I want to go through each detail piece by piece and talk about why I think it's a little silly. Like he's putting on a voice, presumably so that I guess in the most charitable reading, it's so that Denna won't hear his voice and go, wait a minute, Quoth, what are you doing here? Uh, But if it's for any other reason than that, then it's kind of silly because like this girl doesn't know who he is and won't, won't, you know, remember him as anything other than a customer, a guy with like a nice cloak, I suppose. And then he's willing to bribe, He's willing to bribe her this big sum of money, like to not bother him. But like, he's making an awful assumption that people were going to come over and pester him for drinks every five minutes. As long as he nurses his wine, he'll be fine. Right. Your server doesn't come over unless they think you need something. 
Well, charitably, again, it's pretty much empty. So he might get a little more attention from a server who wants to earn a, a good tip in an otherwise empty bar. Yeah. And then, like, using the wine glass as a mirror is like, but Quoth, you just told us, like, all you can see are, like, vague, blurry shapes. How does that help you? I think that the wine glass as a mirror is something that he sort of doesn't plan but discovers. And is like, oh, that's kind of handy. Oh, no, I think he ordered the dark red wine exactly so he could do this. Oh, okay. I I I do not get that from the way that I read this page. I also, though, I do not understand why he bothered to order the whiskey. Uh, I think it's so that he can, because he says he's putting on the voice of someone recovering from the croup cough. Um, and I think that the whiskey is meant to be like medicinal. Okay. Also, if it's expensive, I mean, theoretically, it could just be the wine. But like, if you buy a whiskey and it's expensive, chances are it's not a shooting whiskey, it's a sipper. So why on earth is he shooting it? I think he doesn't know that. <laughs> I think, like, I think the fact that he coughs is meant to show us that Koth doesn't actually know how to drink whiskey, and he's not drinking this one right. Yeah, I think that he's trying to pretend like he's very wealthy and eccentric and the type who, you know, can throw around a lot of money and just not want to be disturbed. Um, but what I really want to talk about is that any chance of rationalization for Kvothe's actions now are out the window because Denna is safe and has demonstrated that she can handle herself and Kvothe knows now that she is not sitting with her patron so the only information he can hope to glean from eavesdropping on this conversation is private things about Denna. It's very very hard to remain on Kvothe's side for the rest of this scene especially as he puts on more and more effort to disguise himself and do spycraft in order to to get info here because there's really no more excuses. Yeah, well, no, he really he lost knows like, the... all credibility. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I'm not really bothered by the idea of, you know, uh, eavesdropping on somebody because he's just, he can't help himself. He's like a, you know, a nosy, curious person. But he definitely knows that he's not, you know, that he's in the wrong here because he's trying to make sure that Denna won't find out he did it. So he knows that he's being naughty. Well, and like, this is sort of a fun thing for the reader, I guess, because like, you know, Quoth is doing the wrong thing, but technically he's not hurting anybody. And, and you kind of get to enjoy it. Like you're benefiting from his being a shit. Yeah. So like as a reader, you're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any problem with what he's doing. I don't think he's like doing bad. I mean, I, I would we, argue that what he's doing is to... a thing no one should do. But yeah. I, I think... as a reader, am benefiting from his sneakiness. So of course, yeah, I don't th- mind. This is this is the value of fiction, right? You can get a vicarious thrill from from doing stuff you shouldn't do in real life you shouldn't violate the trust of your loved ones you shouldn't sneak around and try to get information that they want to keep private from you uh and you know this is i'm going to channel jeremy a little bit here and agree that things you write in fiction don't have to align with real life morality all the time you don't always have to be writing 
things that are good and correct and morally justified. And your characters, your protagonists don't always have to do good every single second. They don't have to be moral paragons in order to still be interesting characters. So, yeah, what a boring world that would be. <laughs> but what a lovely reality. Eh. Eh. Jeremy, you need to take your prosium. The, the Tetragrammaton <laughs> clerics will keep us safe from the sense offenders. No, no, no. I would want to be a Tetragrammaton cleric in that world. Obviously, you learn the awesome gun kata. You learn that every every opponent in a gun battle is a... The position of every enemy in a gun battle is a statistically predictable element. <laughs> Using the science yes, of Jeremy... the gun kata, we have calculated the optimum trajectories for maximum damage and minimum probability of return fire. Jeremy, when the Tetragrammaton clerics have completed their work, there shall be no more sense offenders and there will be peace. <laughs> Careful, Nicholas, you're treading on my dreams. You guys are talking about. <laughs> Jordana, I encourage you to abandon this podcast mid-recording and go and watch the 2003 action movie masterpiece Equilibrium. I mean, I appreciate your recommendations always, Jeremy, but that doesn't mean I'm about to do it. Oh yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's a it's a big brain movie for sure. Uh, and upon rewatch, it only has like three action scenes, and only one of them is good. Oh, but I that, disagree that, with that. <laughs> like the first half is pretty slow because it's setting up the second half. But like from the moment that they try to kill the puppy, it's like balls to the wall action scenes, and they're all awesome. Not really. It feels that way, but there's the puppy action scene and then a long ponderous sequence where What's-Her-Name gets burned and then he gets the the polygraph test and then there's the one action scene in the hallway. That is but, not true. He also does a training sword fight with Ty Diggs and there's a scene where they kill a bunch of rebels. Yeah, but that's the very beginning. No, 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 no. After, after the kill the puppy, he's still like working for the Tetragrammaton clerics and they kill a bunch of rebels. I don't care kill the puppy. Let's go back to the book. <laughs> No, that was it. That was it. Oh, look, what I'm getting at is that we live, we should live in a world where everyone takes their prosium and everyone is morally and ethically unambiguous all the time. But it is nice and good and fun to live in a world where Quoth gets to eavesdrop on his loved one's conversation by looking at the reflection in a glass of wine. That is good and fun. And we get to be naughty little boys and girls and uh, non-binary pals by partaking in this. Yes. Correct. It also, I think that one of the things that this scene does give us is characterization of Denna when Quoth isn't around, right? Like, that's one of the big utilities of it is like, what is she like when she's not trying to, when she's not dealing with Quoth, right? When she's dealing with other people. And with this girl, she's all business, right? She's like, I feel like I can guess your story. You know, okay, your dad had a nice job. You ran away. Okay, you stole the silver. Right, of course. Like, of course you did, because you're you're a dummy and you don't know how good you had it back on the farm. As you say, she's all business. I don't want to say she's mean because she's not mean, but she certainly isn't the same, you know, she's not doing bits with this girl. She is very no. much, uh, this is serious business. She's not this girl's friend. She is giving her the the hard truths about the way the world is. Yeah, I um, think she's giving her it, tough luck, side of right? her. Like, yeah, from Dennis perspective, like, I don't I think she wants the best for this girl. Right. Like, that's why she shaved. If she didn't care, she would have, like, you know, just let what was going to happen to her happen. So she obviously cares about this person's well-being. But 
I think the thing that she, what she thinks she has to do to make sure that this person can take care of herself the way Denna can take care of herself is give her a little tough love. So Denna coming upon this person that we have assumed she doesn't prior know was not where she was initially going. I think so. I think she got So where was she initially going? Good question. Well, this is what Nick was saying a couple of pages ago, right? That Quoth was probably right in his assumption that Denna was going to meet her patron and Quoth was following her on that basis, right? Like, I want to see who Denna's patron is. And then Denna gets waylaid by this conversation. And thus waylays Quoth's ambitions as well. Yeah, well, Quoth, instead of learning about Denna's patron, Quoth learns more about Denna. But, yeah. Okay, and we will learn more about Denna on tomorrow's page of the, the way. way.